to overcome, succeed in dealing with a problem or difficulty, defeat of an opponent to prevail, overpower or overwhelm of an emotion, adversity, a difficult or unpleasant situation, used in a sentence, resilience in the face of adversity. I want to break free. Welcome back, everybody, to the Overcoming Adversity podcast. Hi. Hi, Amanda. Hey, Blake. What's up? Guess what today is? <laughs> I don't know. What is this magical, beautiful, perfect day that everyone dreams of and waits for? Today is hashtag Amanda Day. Woo, woo. All about you, girl. <laughs> Yay. Oh, <laughs> oh <crrr. laughs> You know Cardi B, the B sounds for Blake, right? What is it? The B stands for Blake and Cardi B. Oh, yeah. Oh, cr- oh, cr- oh, cr- oh, cr- oh, cr- oh, that was very good. <laughs> oh, cr- um, all right. So, yeah, today is episode three of the Overcoming Adversity, where we talk about all things overcoming adversity, overcoming the hardships of life, the difficulties, and the cool and different ways that overcoming adversity has influenced our lives, made our lives better, made us more whole and happier people. And made other people's lives yeah. better. So uh, bear with us as we figure out our sound and mic issues here, because I think today this is going to be the best podcast we've done yet. Yes, mic check, one, two, one, two. One, two, check, check, check. So we are... Um, we're we like had, legit now. We had to move studios. Oh, yeah, to the, to the more high end. We're in a very legitimate studio right now on my couch. Uh, with two cats running around. <laughs> so yep. So, so uh, it's as real as it gets right now. We have overcome the adversity of sound issues. And, and annoying people. And annoying people who are deciding to do business in our studios. How dare they? No, hell no. And uh, we've overcome the adversities of that. So we are literally overcoming adversity live on the air and becoming better broadcasters for, for a podcast with you guys oh yeah we're doing it we're all in so hashtag amanda oh boy yeah so we we this whole episode is talking about you episode one we introduced the show episode Mm -hmm. two it was hashtag blake day my favorite day of course it was it was an amazing day it was gonna go on the calendar for national holidays you know i'm telling you in the history books if people will be talking about hashtag blake for a long time as they should but the next chapter in that history book will be hashtag Amanda. Ooh. The follow-up to dun, dun, dun. hashtag Blake. Oh, wait. I want to be in your shadow? Like no, the no, follow-up no. of you? You are going to be my successor. <laughs> Look at him try to flip that one around. You are the next person in line for the throne, for Game <laughs> of Thrones. You're, you're the Cersei or Daenerys. Oh, yeah. I don't want to be Cersei. She's a, She's a nasty bee. person. She's a bee. But you used to be a bee, right? I did used to be a bee. Tell us what, what. Tell us about those B days. Oh boy, I was a nasty little girl. Were you? Oh yeah, I. You know, um, I mean, it didn't start from from nowhere, but I was just a, a mean. Just thought my shit didn't stink, little diva bitch. To be honest. So where did that start, though? You said it didn't start from nowhere. So well, where did I, it start? Yeah, I mean, I don't think that. I mean, I guess some some children are born a little more feisty and, and things like that than others. Yeah. But a lot of it has to do with your surroundings and your upbringing, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was I was raised, um, you know, I had love from my mom. 
Um, and I had love for my godmother and my aunt, but I was raised in a very toxic environment as a child. So I come from, from ages four to seven with, um, sexual abuse, physical abuse, watching my mom get physically abused. And the guy was the kind of guy that was like, you know, the, the one that went out in the daytime and was church going by day and, and church guy, you know, in front of people and behind closed doors, he's beating the crap out of my mom and, wow. and, um, and dealing drugs and, and sexually molesting. Um, so, you know, right at a young age, I, I just never felt right. You know, I didn't trust people, didn't trust adults. And, um, and yeah, so that, that's where I feel like it turned me into a little, a little B. Wow. So you kind of, you've faced some serious adversities early on and you had some serious opportunities. And I, it's funny cause you, the whole, a lot of what we're doing is talking about vulnerability and being authentic and being your real self and your you dealt with somebody very early on who was wearing masks. And, oh yeah. And you watched how it affected and how how you can kind of live two lives and the hypocrisy in that and how much it affected you as a kid. Yeah. He was a, a piece of garbage and, and very fake and and it just taught me right away to kind of be on guard and not not trust people, you know. Wow. So you um you you, you said that you know, you just said you're on guard, you didn't trust people. Then, what was, what was high school like for you? High school was terrible. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, I did really good in school growing up, even though I had my troubles and was in and out of therapy. And um, you know, my mom had different relationships, and I had different, you know, just different challenges that came up along my path. I, I managed to be in like the gifted program, really smart, and did did well in school. High school came along and like, it's like when everything hit the fan. And you mm. know, I think about now being a mom and having a 13 year old and having a six year old, and I can't even fathom them going through things that I've gone through or even, you know, attempting to, to be just to, to be the, the way I was in high school. So right. right away when I got to high school, I found all the bad boys, you know, the, okay. the bad boys, the troublemakers. Um, Were you promiscuous, Amanda? Oh yeah, of course. Oh gosh. <laughs> Not just that, but just like getting into the kind of things that I did with people like, you know, the drug dealers and, and yeah. just like all the bad kids, you know, and, and I was a young girl and they were all a lot older. So all the older girls couldn't stand me. So I got okay. jumped and beat up and bullied and picked wow. on. So talk about trauma. And, yeah. You know, at the time you were just doing whatever you could to fit in and be, you know, find that love and affection that you were missing early on and fill some of those holes yeah. that, that your childhood created and you, you fell into the wrong crowd as a lot of people do. Right. Well, I sought it out. I, I definitely sought out the wrong crowd. You know, like you, um, in, in hashtag Blake, we, you know, you discussed some of your journey and, and getting, reaching things out of your, outside of yourself. And I definitely have that experience as well. Um, you know, my first thing to try to get outside of myself was stealing little things. Like when I was little, I would yeah. steal like a, I remember I stole the little orange, orange juice, bubblegum, like cart, like a carton from okay. an orange grove. And I got caught and that feeling like I really liked the getting caught and I liked the getting away with it because it was one was like the sneaky rush getting away with it. Yeah. And the other one getting caught is that attention, you know, that negative attention wow. seeking. So, so was that a was a win for you. It was, it was either way. I was good. And I loved, that was my first addiction was shoplifting, taking really? little things. I got a huge rush from it. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was, it huh. was. Yeah. So, all right. So then you, you start hanging out with the wrong crowd. You're, you know, you're, you're not, you're attention seeking essentially. And you're, you're going with the wrong path. You sought after it. 
was that like a way to get back at your parents and get back at some people like by going to the wrong mm. crowd or what what was it that you were really looking for looking oh, God, back now, i don't know well when you say that that definitely does make some kind of sense not that that has been something that i've i've really put together mm. but i mean just coming from the upbringing that i did you know like i said there was there was some some love and some there was love and some structure and stability with with certain pieces of my life but there was also so much chaos like another thing i didn't mention was my sister Brittany, who you know was kidnapped in front of me and was taken to canada by the guy that was the abuser. So he hired somebody on lawn maintenance day, which sometimes can still traumatize me a little bit. Um, he was dressed up as a lawn maintenance guy. He ran and took Brittany in front of me, tried to take me and, and then around came a car and it was the, it was the abuser once what we finally got away from him. So, you know, with just the kind of life that I led, I kind of felt like that I was supposed to be screwed up like that it was my destiny so i was really um okay with with that i was okay with being um with being just i was i used to say a a quote i'm lucky that i'm not selling myself on the corner like that Mm -hmm. was like this and i'm just meant to be a fucked up girl have you i mean this is something that i'm sure we're going to get into down the road in the podcast and i have a great guest for this but have you ever dealt with adverse childhood experiences, ACEs. Are you familiar Mm-mm. with that, ACEs? No. Okay, so that's something that we'll get into down the road, but there's um, there's, there's a belief now, and it's kind of, it's been proven that there's when you have these type of childhood experiences, as an adult, there's proof of how those experiences manifest themselves in your adult life, and a lot of it's addiction or suicide or mental illness, anxiety, physical deterioration physical problems weight issues yeah no i believe it it definitely controlled and set the the bar of everything in my life up until i decided not to accept that any longer i think we go two ways and and i don't think that you wanted to be a bad kid you know I, i obviously not no one ever wants to be that way you're not a bad person but it sounds like that you went one of two ways that can happen when you have these type of childhood experiences that you you seek the attention and love and and kind of that validation from the outside world or you you deal with your problems through therapy and you're open about it and that's the harder one of the two right now i can say it like i said at the first thing at the beginning of the podcast like now i can talk about it as openly about being abused like that because every time i talk about it i feel empowered and i feel healing and i feel stronger because it does not define me today it does not make me who i am and i'm not meant to be fucked up and i'm not Mm. meant to be this messed up girl and i truly believe that every time i talk about it it's it's it lifts it a little more off of me. What did it say? Like a problem shared is a problem cut in half. It is. And it's continuous with this one. Yeah. It's like very empowering. Who, who would have ever thought, you know, I was so ashamed of it and felt like I was disgusting and dirty and all these horrible things about myself for so long. And who would have known that talking about it would make me feel so much more pure and, and, and to let other women and other men yeah. and, and everybody know that if you have been abused, it's not your fault. And if you, um, if you feel like you're damaged goods, you're dirty or disgusting, you're not, you know, you are a beautiful child of God and, or whatever you choose to believe in and that you deserve a good life and a happy life. And that does not define you, you know? So that's a big message I, I carry. Okay. I think that's a pretty important one too, yeah. that people need to understand. It's the, remove the shame yeah. from, from your past, remove the shame and talk about it. And, yeah. Um, as also, much as you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, my childhood. So it wasn't all like bad and, and crazy all the time. You know, like all that stuff went on. But I did also get, have like really great things that happened. You know, 
I was raised by a really awesome woman, my godmother, who instilled, along with my mom and my aunt and um, my grandparents, but she instilled so many good beliefs in me about being, you know, a strong woman and and different things. And Mm -hmm. then I also was in the entertainment business growing up. Like I was modeling and acting and hip hop dancing. And and I had so much fun doing that. Um, Unfortunately, that's something that my addiction took away from me too, because I remember the last audition I went to, I was, I couldn't even like do anything. I was still up from the night before and it was really embarrassing. As soon as you start talking about this, by the way, not to make it funny, but I just, all of a sudden I'm hearing, living la vida loca. it's it's she bangs. Oh, is it she bangs? Is that what you were in? Yeah, she she bangs, she bangs, go crazy when she moves, she moves. (laughs) I don't know the rest of it. Yeah, it was a terrible song, but it was a great video. Yeah, she was in the music video is basically what I'm getting at. So yeah, uh, I did that. I danced for Britney Spears. I danced for Kid Rock shows. I, I, I hung out with Dr. Dre. I, mean, I did so many really cool Motorola commercials back then. You know, Motorola cell phones were like the yeah. cell phone back then. Um, just all kinds of different stuff. And it was a great, it was great. And it was a lot of fun. Um, and it was a really hard thing to grieve when I got in recovery that like I messed that all up because when I got into recovery, I was 200 pounds. I had horrible skin. Mm-hmm. I was not, and I still thought I was like that model girl. So it was definitely a a life-changing experience to realize I had worth and value besides being a, you know, a little hip-hop dancer model girl. Yeah, (laughs) you kind of bring up an interesting point, too. I don't know what my cat is doing, by the way. If you hear any noise in the background, that's the cat trying to jump at the window. Kitty, kitty. Um, So the... You bring up an interesting point. We talked about the last episode in Hashtag Blake about removing masks, but it was also kind of putting on a like a pair of clarifying glasses that goes on when you finally get sober where you you got to take a a real hard look at the reality of your life and not not the the false image that you believe where you're supposed to be the delusional life that you've created in your head that you're living that you're holding on to in your past (laughs) um yeah that's my cat guys if you hear that noise (laughs) so you know part of that uh it, I always say you take off the mask and you put on a pair of glasses so that you can actually see the reality of your situation. Right. And that's a lot of what you're talking about is being like, okay, I'm upset I had this past, but what's the reality right now? Where am I at right yeah, now? Yeah, tough one to swallow. It's a tough one to swallow. It's hard to look Because in my up. mind, I was still like, you know, I missed a, a, lots of pieces along the way and they took time for it to all come back together. So in my mind, it wasn't that far removed from that, but I really was like long removed from that. Yeah. No, it's really hard and it's hard to face yourself. I mean, I, I still like, I know that feeling and I remember it so clearly that that first time looking in the mirror when you get sober and like having Oof. to look yourself in the eyes. So let's, let's talk a little bit about your, your life since then. So you've been what? It's 12 years, 12 years, two twelve oh seven, baby, two twelve oh seven. So that's 12 years of recovery. So you, you've really grown up a lot since then. Yeah, I, I got and what came into recovery as a young mom, my son was 18 months when I went to treatment. And, you know, this time I had lots of attempts over the time from beginning of high school and yeah. um, up until age of 26. And that's when I got clean and sober. And, and it's been I, I just sometimes want to pinch myself. I, I don't know why and how I've been this fortunate when others are not blessed with this gift. Um, but I just I just keep going. You know, I keep pushing forward and can, trying to grow and try to be a better person person and and help others and and try to grow professionally help my family grow you know I'm, I'm on that journey of of just forward motion well and that's an important thing to mention also that you've gained a family you've gained 
you've gained a life in your recovery. And yeah. I have another child. I have, I'm married. Um, I'm in my longest relationship ever. I've been with him for eight years, been married for three, you know, when wow. we continue to get closer and we continue to bond on a deeper level. And for someone like me that couldn't even trust a person as a child, it's, it's really, really a, it's a blessing. Cool, right? Yeah. It's a gift and a miracle. It's really cool. Yeah. It's just you, the, and we talked about a little of this a few episodes ago, but you, I think one of the reasons I do like you so much is that you are authentic, but you're constantly growing and you're somebody that I know a lot of people, including myself, look up to as somebody who's constantly looking for the next opportunity for growth and not afraid to try something difficult, not afraid to put yourselves out there um, and and grow from it and, and challenge yourself. So it's it's been really cool and I think that's why you've got there's so much respect from so many different people, so much people out there that, that you have, which is so cool. Thank you. I need that right now. So, <laughs> Thank well, you. I've definitely gone through some stuff lately. That's not been, um, not been easy. And, you know, we doubt ourselves and, and we, you know, can get into a place where we don't know where we're going and we don't know what the next step is, but you know, sometimes I might not know what that is, but I just keep, I just keep going and I don't do it alone. You know, I don't try to like stay in a, a lane and tunnel. I, I reach out for help and, yeah. and I, I walk through challenges. And I think that's one of the cool things that you've always done is that you've put yourself out there in a way that you, you surround yourself with good people, that it's, you understand the importance of a group effort and surrounding yourself with good people and um you know you've you've been parts of foundations that's helped help women get college education right get a yeah. college education yeah uh, i mean name talk about some of the things that you're doing today where has your career and your recovery and your life brought you as far as professionally okay professionally i've been working for a program recovery ways out in salt lake city utah um for two years now um doing business development for them working with um employers and working with individuals who need more complex mental health and, and substance use treatment combined a good strong dual diagnosis program um and then i also am a certified life coach um i work really on a concierge level with individuals for their coaching recovery and life coaching with the individuals their families um, and working on my cip which is the national recognized intervention certification and working on my um, cap at the same time getting cl clinical supervision um, so yeah I, I have my hands in a number of things i also am the founder of a nonprofit called women empowering women um, started in 2015 over the loss of my best friend, Kim, who you knew too, mm -hmm. um, and helping women go to college, uh, who are in recovery to, to offer them an opportunity that Kim didn't have. <laughs> he's, my, he's impossible. <laughs> my no, cat but, is so excited about your successes and your accomplishments aw. that he's jumping up and down. He's trying to get a lizard or something. Looks Can I like. tell you, I literally never have seen him do this. <laughs> you never seen him move? The, no, he moves. He's in a wild Come cat, but I've never seen my cat jump as high as he's jumping. It reminds me of Milo in the movie The Mask. Where yeah. The dog can like jump up to a window yeah, yeah, to yeah. eight feet up. I don't know how he's doing it right now. Well, it keeps it real, Blake. Keeps we're we're real. keeping it real here in the in the cast of the pod. <laughs> the, the cast of the pod. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> but yeah, no, so I wanted to, women, women have, like, my story, you know, a lot of women in recovery have been molested, raped, um, 
abused, all these things. And not to say that men aren't too, but, but a lot more women. Yeah. Um, and to op- offer women an opportunity to make something themselves, regardless if they have, have, have felonies, regardless if they have a past, if they want to you know, make a new life for themselves, they help them with that opportunity. And that's really what Women Power Women was founded on. Um, so it's, it's the belief that there's, there's hope for everybody. Right. And to give them that opportunity, like give them a little, they've had a, you know, they've had to deal with a lot of shit. So now let's give them an opportunity. Like let's give, let's help them. And that's one of the things, um, you know, I, I helped, I, I started it and helped build it with a number of women over the period of three years. And I recently, um, stepped down from, from leading my own organization and, um, and what comes along with that when you start, no one tells you that when you start a nonprofit, that eventually a board is going to run it if it's successful and a board runs my nonprofit and I don't run it anymore, which yeah. was my baby that I worked on at night and weekends. And, and, um, although it's thriving and doing well and it's beautiful, it's a very painful process when something is, is your heart and soul and, and the loss in the name of an honor of the loss of your friend. So, um, to go through that process has definitely been my most recent overcoming adversity. And, um, I feel I'm to the other side of it now, but it's been extremely painful to relinquish control of my baby, um, yeah. to realize it's now a, not my baby. It's a everyone's baby. Right. And, um, and I can still well, watch it's still it. your baby, but your baby's just gone away to college. Right. My baby's gone to college. Yes. You're, and other people are managing it and other people are running it. Syndrome right now. I am, but it, that, but look, look what we're doing. I've channeled this energy into, to wanting to create podcasts with you new. and, and working on my coaching. And I, I'm very passionate about really handholding people, you know, right. and really letting, empowering them to do the work for themselves. So um, I, I feel like it's helped catapult a new calling for me. Sometimes chapters come to an end because we need a, a little kick in the ass to do something new. And yeah. sometimes being courageous or being brave doesn't mean leaning into the problems. It means walking away. Right. And sometimes you got to do that and you have to know when to fold them yeah. know when to hold them again i don't know the rest of the lyrics but i thought that was appropriate there no it's been it's it's definitely the right thing it feels right um it feels like i can use this space now and it, it it's definitely for a reason um i can see it clearly now you know yeah. um yeah, for sure. And, and it's a it's a beautiful thing. Like, doesn't anyone that starts a nonprofit want to be thriving and growing and successful? It's like so cool to see, right? Um, and you, to sit back and watch and to participate on a different kind of level now. And yeah, and again, if you could go back to looking at it almost as parenting, I mean, you've raised a kid, and now they're going off to do their own thing, yeah, and to to grow and to become their own adult. So you you did a great job, and you knew when to walk away. Thanks. And it's not it's not an easy move to make. Um, but that's all, that's what it has to be about self-care and self-preservation and also preservation for your baby. Yeah. You know, sometimes you have to let it go yeah. so that it can grow and it can do its own thing. Yeah. And whether it fails or succeeds, it's not up to you anymore. It's, yeah. it's in the hands of other people now. So yeah, it's been a, an experience. Doesn't take it away, take away from what, what you did though. No, I'll, I'll always be the founder. You know, you can't take away the founder sure. or change that, but you know, it's just, um, it's just, uh, it's just been an interesting process. And like you said, you know, go, growing through the experience and, and just challenging myself to just face things that I don't want to face and, and face patterns and behaviors and, and wanting mm-hmm. to run and hide and, and all of those things that I'm, I'm 
just grateful that it is where it is today and that I have this opportunity and this time and space to create, you know, yeah. more things, more passions. Um, I'm cool. a visionary. I'm a visionary. I, I get visions and I want to make shit happen. You and I thought leader. This whole thing was Amanda's vision, by the way. She calls me. She's like, we got to do something together. Maybe a podcast. Yeah, it was okay. a calling. It was a divine it took, intervention. What, like two months for us to get here. We did it though. Yeah, no, we did it, and we're we're well, we're doing it. We're doing it. We're doing it, girl. Cool. So we got like a minute and a half left. So I think it's time for let it out. Let it out. A segment that exp- is on, huh? What? What? Uh, huh? huh? I, I just started brain farting. Um, what let like it out big, is a big wet rip in my brain. <laughs> I you said your ass. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, let it out is our segment that we do every single show where we talk about something that bothers us that we just got to let it out. Let, let it, out, it out. Let it out. Let it go. So I, you got to go first again. Okay. I have one that's like just random, which I didn't even think, you know, I haven't thought about this lately, okay. but you know, like when it comes to winter time and then there's the girls that like tuck their jeans into their boots. Uh, yeah. Like skinny jeans go in the boots and the boots go over them. Yeah. Okay. But there's like a set of women who don't understand this whole thing that you don't tuck baggy jeans into your boots. Oh. So that's something I need to let it out about that because bothers it bothers you? me. Like if you have baggy jeans, don't tuck them into your boots. Wear them over your boots. I know that's a very summertime, you know, right now, but Amanda's I have to let it example. out. You give a great example of no matter how petty... It is. I mean, my first, my first let it out was about beaded doorways. So no matter how petty it is, you got to let it out. No, it bothers me. Like I, every winter, every time it comes to boot season, I want to like put up a, a PSA. Like, hey, make sure if you put your boot, your boots over your jeans that they are fitted, because yeah. it looks ridiculous if you don't. I'm, I'm sure everybody. That's my let it out. Is going to uh, now make sure that they're never doing that. So my let it out, I guess what I would say is, uh, I mean, I can go with my number one pet peeve. What's that? Honestly. It's, uh, my number one pet peeve is I hate <laughs> chewing noises. Um, and not the ones that you can't avoid, like a crunchy, like if you're eating like a Cheeto or something, but like the, when people make the lip smacking noise, <laughs> You have to try to make that noise. That's not a natural noise. What about big lip people or older people? Can they help it? Like a like no, my, gra- my grandma, my grandma Sylvia, she couldn't help that chomp that that lip sucking that she did. Uh, I beg to differ. I, I would think like she to did talk it on purpose. Yeah. Okay. I, I think not on purpose. I think it's just a habit, and I get it. I've actually by myself have sat there eating and made the lip smacking noises and chewed with my mouth open. And I think there's something about like introducing oxygen that makes the food taste better when you do it. Oh, okay. Well, maybe that's why it makes it more enjoyable, but it's rude as all hell. Okay. And I hate that noise. And I, I've literally have thought of brutally murdering people that make those. noises. What about when people eat like this? (laughs) Oh, you mean pigs? No, people eat like that. Yeah, they're pigs. <laughs> so they're imitating a pig. Yeah, it's like they don't breathe. They're breathing and inhaling their food with oh, each God. bite. <laughs> That's like what you do by yourself when you eat. Eat like that by yourself. No, don't even eat like that by yourself. Don't be a savage. Uh, you Sometimes you got to savage eat. When you're savage really it. hungry and you're by yourself and you just want to be a pig and just <laughs> like shovel it in your mouth. It's, I, I enjoy it. that once in a while. Um, all right, so this was episode three of the Overcoming Adversity podcast with hashtag Amanda. We learned a lot about you, Amanda. Hey. Hey. Oh,
So uh, <laughs> if you guys want to get a hold of us and talk to us, ask us any questions or have any topics for the show, go ahead and email overcomingadversity at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook. Yes. I made us a beautiful Facebook page with pink. Look for the pink and black logo. Mm-hmm. It says with Blake and Amanda in the background. You'll find it. Perfect. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys in episode four. Bye.